Oh my goodness. Welcome everybody to the Josh That's official sports podcast. I mean, and this is, I said it's a sports podcast, but at the beginning, we're really going to be talking a ton about the NFL and the NFL right now is just insanely exciting. Historically, historically good. I don't know if any of you guys have been watching. I don't know if any of you guys have been getting your beer, getting your chips, your appetizers, or whatever for Sunday, but the NFL season has been absolutely popping off. Insane games happening all the time. It's closer than ever. It's that, you know, that any given Sunday vibe of just any team being able to triumph at any moment. And these games are so close. I mean, these games are four quarters long. And they are literally, a lot of the times, coming down to the last possible seconds. I mean, let me just, I'm going to look up the week-by-week schedule a little bit just while we're talking. So let me just go over. So I have the games of week one up right here. Ravens-Raiders, 27-23. That's a one-possession game. You got the Dolphins-Patriots was a one-possession game. The Texans-Browns is a really close game. You know, I mean, Bengals-Bears, you got Vikings-Cardinals. That was a one-point game and a three-point game, respectively. I mean, the opening game of the season, I don't know if you guys remember that one, Cowboys-Buccaneers, that game was absolutely nuts. Um, But yeah, I mean, you look at the NFL right now, and a ton of these teams are wicked close. The games are incredible. And I did want to take some time just to start going over, you know, why that is, why that kind of stuff is happening. So I think, you know, on the one hand, you have to look at the NFL hard cap and you have to respect that. So for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, a lot of sports leagues have a limit on how much money you can spend on players. And that spending limit normally has to do with the teams, you know, how much revenue they're bringing in and certain things like that. In a league where there's no cap, any team can basically pay any amount they want for players. So if the team is rich enough, if they're good enough, they're bringing in a ton of money because they're so good, they can just buy the best players over and over, outbid other teams that don't have as much money, and then they can establish long reigns of dominance. Um, over many years. So I think baseball is one example. I don't, I don't think they have a cap in baseball. I'm pretty sure they don't have one. So, you know, the, the result of this is that the Yankees are basically always good. You know, they're massively good. They have a million championships. And then because of that, the team is still good. You know, it's in New York, massive market. And so over the years, you know, they've continued to be able to load up on some of the league's best players because they just have more spending money than a lot of the other teams. Not to single out, you know, the Yankees, even though they're probably the best example of this. Um, But you go to the teams like, you know, not teams, you go to a league like the NFL. You dip into a little bit of what the NFL is doing. So they have a hard cap that is the same for every team. The same. So this is a massive concession by the wealthier teams, because they're basically giving up their advantage of being able to get more and better players in the interest of keeping it fair. And, you know, it keeps it fair, just to continue to elaborate, just in case 
you know, any new football fans, or even if you're an old football fan, but you never just got into the money aspect of it, you know, teams, part of the thing that keeps, keeps teams even is basically you have a situation where, you know, as players come into the league, they have to sign these certain rookie contracts that are a bit of, little bit of a lower amounts of money than they would normally be able to get. After they come off this rookie contract and hit the free agent market, now there are things teams can do to keep players under contract, franchise tag, which will give the player a certain amount of money and basically restrict their personal freedom to play for any team that they want. But once these players hit the open market, all the teams get to bid on them. You know, and this makes a certain situation where it's it's difficult to get good value in the NFL on players because all you need is one team to overpay by a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're not going to get good value. If you want to beat that team and outbid them, you have to bid higher, you know. And as a result of this, too, every team playing under the same constraints, when you have a team that's better, those players are all viewed in a more favorable light, even if maybe they aren't necessarily the ones driving the change. Like, you know, classic examples of this is normally Super Bowl teams have their rosters absolutely just decimated and looted through in the next following years. As players come up for new deals, they'll get lured away by other teams that want to get a Super Bowl champion. You know, whether that player was really the driving force behind the championship or not, sometimes it's hard to tell. And it all comes down to these general managers who make these decisions and who to sign, how much money to pay them, how long, and what are all the details of the contracts. Um, so this hard cap, you know, has been massive for the NFL. Massive because it basically means that, you know, each team has that same spending limit you know, year over year. And the, there are certain things that impact the cap. It kind of has to do with the with the least wealthy teams in the league because it has to be, you know, it kind of has to be somewhat feasible for them to be able to, you know, reach the cap somehow. Um, whereas the bigger teams, of course, they'd, I mean, a lot of them, I'm sure, behind, you know, inside, they'd want to just blow the doors off and be able to sign whoever they want because they have the money to do it. But at the end of the day, if they were able to do that, these teams would not be as even across the board. These teams would not be as even. And again, you want to get back to, you know, another component of this of why teams are so even and why these games have been so incredible. Um, you got to look to the drafting system for the NFL. The NFL has so few games. I, don't, I really don't think tanking exists in the NFL. You know, maybe maybe at the real bottom, you can look at it and say certain decisions have been made. You know, one one thing that comes to mind is Doug Peterson pulling Jalen Hurts out of the game towards the end of the um, 2020 season. That seemed certainly seemed a little fishy. It seemed like they were going to win that game. He pulled Jalen Hurts. They ended up losing that game. That improved their draft position. Um. And that's really the reason for the hypothetical reason for tanking is if you do poorly in the NFL, how bad you do, you get the better draft picks as a direct result from that. So when you really think about it that way, sorry, I had to get a quick bug. 
invading my space over here. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it that way, what it creates is a situation where if teams are bad for a prolonged period of time, they always, if you're, if you're a worse team, you always choose in the first round before teams that finish with a better record. So at the end of the day, it's really more about the record that impacts your draft picks really maybe less about if your team is actually good or not, even though, you know, record is a great indication of how good or bad your team is, you know, but that's a big part of this is, um, the, the teams that are finishing with the worst record get higher draft picks. And what this does is if your team, if you're, if there's a bad team in the NFL and they're bad for years and years, the more they're bad, it's actually continuously harder and harder for them to be bad because they are getting loaded with draft picks, just absolutely loaded with higher draft picks than these other teams that are finishing, you know, with the better records they kind of have to be really, you know, detailed and really you know, pay a lot of attention to the draft if they want to have any chance of competing with the teams they get to pick, you know, before them, get a, you know, selection of better players. So that's one part of just how, you know, the NFL has created this atmosphere of, you know, it's not fairness really because it's all the teams are still a little bit better or worse and a lot of it's an addition game you know at, at the end of the day the NFL you know it's going to be your team your roster versus the other team's roster and that's you know at the end of the day it's it's probably more than a hundred guys when at the end of the day you talk about the roster plus the coaches plus the guys you play on the field and obviously the players that are getting on the field, you know, it, certain individuals can have a bigger effect than others. But at the end of the day, all this gets added up and kind of gets put against each other. You know, a team with a, that spent a lot of resources on their great defense, they're not just going to obliterate people with the great defense because then they've kind of ignored their offense, you know, and, and vice versa. A team that's really balanced on both sides may not be good enough on both sides to, you know, to gain an advantage over the other team. but because they're, you know, kind of middling, you know, a team with a mediocre defense that gets taken advantage by high octane offense might be able to beat that same team's bad defense with their mediocre offense. So, you know, at a lot, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff gets balanced out. But what it does is if your team experiences success over multiple years, you just get worse and worse draft picks. So even if you do just as good as the other teams you're going against, at the end of the day, it's really not... At the end of the day, that is going to catch up with you. That whole situation will catch up with you because you won't be able to continually outsmart the other teams by getting by somehow getting drafting better players than them, even though you're later in the draft um, and vice versa, you know, teams that are poor, that are bad year over year, finishing single digit, low single digit wins. They just get so many good bites out of that apple. They get so much opportunity to get those top players coming in. And that really is going to lift your team at the end of the day. That will lift your team. Assuming, you know, assuming your coaching, your GMing is on par, you know, 
if you have these opportunities, these great draft picks, you keep blowing them, you know, you're never going to get to that level. You're never going to be able to catch up with the other teams because you're just not doing something at a general basic level, you know, that's good enough. But I think over the years, you know, in the past, that was more likely to happen was people just being completely unqualified GMs just making horrible blunders year over year, which can keep certain teams in a lower position and certain teams in a higher position year over year. But, you know, nowadays there's kind of been with the advent, you know, of the internet and all this information, it becomes harder and harder to really mess up. Like people nowadays know from the college game who is good and who isn't good if you put in your research. And even players who would be unknown in eras of the past can now self-advocate through social media and all kinds of things. Their fan bases can advocate for them. So the NFL has been able to get extremely talented players on the radar that maybe would have never been on the radar before. And maybe only a couple teams would know about them. Now, pretty much everybody knows about them. It's, it's hard to keep players a secret at all in this game. Um, you know, and just continuing to just talk about the things that are making the NFL so exciting, so historically great. You got to mention the athletes. The athletes coming out of college are absolutely just insane, just absolute studs. And to kind of give a little bit of a, just a little bit of a, this is a little bit of a deeper sports topic, but just to dive into it. Each generation of children is bigger and bigger. The population in the United States is growing. What does that mean? It means that the gen- there's more children than there is old people. So each generation is kind of smaller and smaller as it goes up. You know, never mind understanding the fact that, you know, some people do pass away as they get older. So that's another part of it. But I guess what I'm saying is there's more football athletes to choose from in the draft now, talented football athletes, than there ever were before. And maybe it's, I guess, the same amount you could say if it's a similar amount of colleges or whatever. But what what I mean is there's more athletes coming out of high school, which means that when colleges are choosing athletes, there's more to choose from. So their teams are better and of higher quality than they've ever been before. And then as a result of that, the college athletes are this extremely high quality. Now the NFL are picking these players up and they're of just very good, you know, very, very quality players. And this is not to take a dig at any of the players in the past. I I personally think that there are legends from every era that still would be able to play today. I believe that. But I think kind of the mediocre and the lower end guys of yesteryear are a lot inferior to the mediocre and lower end guys of today. There's just a ton more attention. There's a ton more money in the game, fame, all of that. And this has created a kind of, you know, a gold rush, not a gold rush, really, because it's not, you know, I guess it is kind of like the gold rush in the sense that it wasn't really that lucrative for that many people. It creates a situation where a lot of people, you know, are playing football, playing football at a really high level, and then being in a situation where they can get drafted and go to the pros and just 
show everybody in the pros what they're made of. And I mean, rookie, yeah, it's, it, it is truly insane. Um, and it's one of the reasons the game has been so great. Like within this aspect of players are just better, more skills, more well-rounded, more physical, you know, nutritional information is better and working out is better. Players are more fit than they've ever been. Um, I mean, these guys out there, I mean, that's another reason why it's so exciting to watch. You watch these guys and the force that they hit each other with, it's, it's mind boggling. Like people don't realize how hard they're really hitting each other. If a normal person that hasn't been, hasn't been playing or hasn't been doing whatever, got on that football field and took a hit from one of these guys, you would legitimately break your spine. Like, I'm not lying. Like, it is it is that level of force that is being, um, you know, used. And these guys can withstand it. And, you know, not always injuries are bound to happen. And that's uh, one of the really tough parts about playing any really physically, you know, taxing game. But at the end of the day, you know, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, A lot of things are different about today's NFL than in the past. Um, But I think for fans and people who are just watching the game, I think there's an understanding that the era we're in right now, the game is historically great and moving in an absolutely incredible direction. Um, You know, like I, as a fan, feel completely pampered, feel completely you know, satisfied with how the league is going and just the quality of games that we're getting. It's it's absolutely nuts, honestly. It is really, really good stuff. And, and that kind of, like, historical aspect of why the game is so great is really why I started this podcast. You know, I'm sure I can... I'm sure you can tell if you're listening how excited I am about the game, you know, recently... It's just, it is extremely exciting prospect of just being able to watch these games, being able to watch these absolute legends, you know, battle it out. And even new guys coming in, legends in the making. Um, You know, I'm pumped about uh, being able to do this podcast, like, just, you know, even if I, I don't need this podcast to get huge or be crazy or anything. Even if a couple people enjoy listening to this, I definitely want to keep doing it. And just anything I can do to contribute to this environment of the NFL and NFL media, I'm happy to do that. Because it's just, it's it's to the point where this game has gotten so good, so crazy, so legendarily exciting that I just can't help not be a part of it. Um, so if you're listening... I'm really happy you're listening. Um, This podcast, I think how I want to do it in the future is pretty relaxed. You know, I want to, I don't want to do too many edits or anything. I kind of just want this to be the raw, uncut sort of thoughts that I'm having about the game. And then as it goes on, I would end up like to start having some guests on and, you know, see who I can see who I can get on, have a couple people that I know and just 
people to, you know, people that know NFL, people that don't know NFL, just to bounce ideas off them. But, you know, or, or just people that know NFL to bounce ideas off of and people that don't know NFL to kind of like share the game with them and just share some of the reasons why so many people are so excited about this game right now. You know, I mean, betting has been getting absolutely crazy. That is something I definitely want to get into just talking about certain picks, maybe giving picks out or something like that. That's another really, really interesting facet to the whole world of NFL that started to become legalized across America. And, um, you know, just as a fan, as an observer, as a person now who's, who is talking about the NFL, you just, I can't, you know, you can't appreciate it enough. Let me, I'm going to read a list right now of some of the quarterbacks, some of the best quarterbacks of of, of the league right now. And this is another one of the huge reasons why the NFL has been so crazy is one of the biggest, everybody who watched NFL knows, one of the most big factors or largest contributing factors to wins and losses on a team is quarterback play. And, you know, a quarterback, most teams, they're probably the most important player on the team in terms of just pure influence. What they're asked to do, deliver the ball through the air downfield, that is, you know, it's it's not only one of the hardest things to do from a skills perspective on the football field, but it's also one of the most variable things you can do. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of variation. You know, some guys can throw it really hard, but they don't have a lot of accuracy. You know, some guys have a ton of short range accuracy, but they can't throw it long. You know, some guys, it's they have an issue throwing to one side or the other. Some guys throw it fine to both sides. Some guys can kind of throw it with two hands. I mean, not really, but there's some players who can throw small, like short passes with their non-dominant hand, which we've seen happen in the league, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, who threw a left-handed pass or threw an off-handed pass in a game. just want to make sure. I'm not exactly sure if he's a lefty or righty, but threw an off-handed pass in a game. You know, it's absolutely nuts, the level of skill that quarterbacks have. You know, as the orchestrator of the entire offensive side of the ball, you know, having a one of these guys who's very special has become really important, you know. And in past years, there's been a lot of okay quarterbacks in the league, but at any one given time, there's maybe only 10 or so guys you really feel like are stars, studs, who can really change a game for a team. And I think one of the huge reasons why the NFL has been getting so exciting and so captivating is the fact that the quarterback play in the NFL is the highest level of play ever. Um, And that, you know, yes, that's my opinion, but but let me just, I'm just going to, I think most even historians of the game would agree with me I'm just going to go down a list of some of the quarterbacks in this game, some of the standout guys. I'm only going to list guys right now who I feel can really change, you know, the fate. Not not necessarily change the fate of a team, but let's just put it this way. I'm going to list out guys who I think 
are good enough with a good enough team around them to get to the playoffs and maybe get to a Super Bowl. So let's go. We got Patrick Mahomes. We got Josh Allen. We got Aaron Rodgers. We got Deshaun Watson. We have Russell Wilson. We have Lamar Jackson. We have Kyler Murray. We have Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, Ben Roethlisberger. That is that is more than 20. That is like I either went to 20 or I got past 20. So I'm just going to cut it off right now. And I'm not even going to include guys. Okay, we got Jared Goff I, hasn't, I haven't mentioned has been to a Super Bowl, went to a Super Bowl. So you could throw him in there. I mean, we have all these other guys down the list. You know, a bunch of rookies and guys maybe we're not sure about. But but honestly, like, you know. And you could maybe pick on some of the guys towards the end of that list. You could pick on pick on a Sam Darnold, a Joe Burrow, a Ben Roethlisberger, whatever. The point of what I'm saying is that is 20. Oh, did I even mention Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't even know if I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. That is at least 20 quality quarterbacks in the NFL. Quarterbacks who can make a wide variety of throws with really good levels of accuracy and have other unique talents that they bring to the table too. Many of them can run. Many of them can have a lot of mobility behind the line of scrimmage. You know, even some guys that don't have mobility behind the line of scrimmage, like a Tom Brady, he has mobility within the pocket to slide and other ways that he could kind of make up for that aspect of his game. So we have this rich breadth of quarterbacks in the league. And the other crazy thing too is it's really been the past couple of years we've started getting a ton, a ton of good guys in the league. I mean, from from the draft, good quarterbacks, what I'm talking about, just high-level quarterbacks. Let me let me reread this list, but just from the past, you know, five, six years or so of drafts. Kind of guys. We've got Patrick Mahomes. We've got Josh Allen. We have Deshaun Watson. We have Lamar Jackson. We have Kyler Murray. We have Baker Mayfield. We have Joe Burrow. We have Sam Darnold. You know, I could mention a couple other guys that are kind of unproven. Daniel Jones. You know, guys like that. I mean, you know, you look at guys like Drew Locke, who... You know, he's completely unproven, but still has a massive arm. Like, like that is just different from the past. Like, in the past, if you had a guy who's like, oh, this guy's a rookie, he's maybe the third or fourth best QB on the list, he's not going to have an arm that can just stripe, you know, 60-yard passes. Like, that's just not the case. So even we have certain players, you know, like Drew Locke is a great example. Yes, he's unproven. Yes, he's a new guy. We don't know anything about him. But his arm is nuts. Like, the dude can throw almost any pass on the field. Now, whether it's going to be completely accurate, whether it's going to be the complete right decision, that's, you know, that's beyond me. But almost about half those guys are just these crop of new quarterbacks coming into the NFL who have been throwing their whole lives. And these guys, they can throw effectively, accurately to a certain degree, and 
I mean, a lot of these guys are they're gonna have a great opportunity to grow into the legends of tomorrow. Um, and it's just you know, you love being in a league with so many great quarterbacks because that's kind of how teams get back into games. Like if you're if your team is down by multiple scores towards the end of the game, you need to score fast. The only way really to score fast is to throw the ball down the field quickly. So if you don't have a QB that can do that, you can't really get back into games. And that's a problem. Now, it's not just about the quarterback. You also, if you want to get back into a game fast, you have to have find some way to do something interesting in the passing game. You might need a speed guy, a burner, you know, to run down the end and be able to cash in on a quick touchdown like a lot of great teams have today. You know, if you don't have that guy, it might be hard for your quarterback to do something like that. So I'm not saying it's all on the quarterback, whether you can, you know, get back into games quickly, but because the quarterbacks have such a large impact on the game and because there are so many great high quality guys, you know, it's, it's like, it just creates an atmosphere where teams are very, very even. And even if they aren't, teams kind of have a chance to strike back, use, use chance, take chances to hypothetically get their team back in position for victory, you know? And another, another kind of just kind of a rollover spill off of this whole issue of having so many great quarterbacks you have to go into, you know, what kind of quarterbacks can't even, like, like, let's look at the Cam Newton situation right now. So Cam Newton obviously didn't play that well with the Patriots. We're kind of, as we look at the Patriots right now, we can tell, and, and I'll say, be the first to admit, I am a Patriots fan. That might turn some of you guys off. You know, I think I'm not, I'm not obnoxious about it at all. So if you're, you know, if you're too much of a baby to listen to a Patriots fan talk about football, then I don't think, then just, this probably isn't the podcast for you, but, you know, I, I recognize, you know, some of the things they did right, some of the things they did wrong, and I have no problem being critical of them either. And I'll say right now, you know, the Patriots are not the best team, not the best roster in the league right now, not even close, and anybody can see that, you know, but so even even though we have Mac Jones, I like Mac Jones a lot. He's still, you know, struggling somewhat now because of the Patriots roster issues that have kind of yet to be fully remedied at the end of the day. But, you know, anyways, I I'm definitely going to go into the whole can thing a little bit later if if I'm ever struggling for time or topics or whatever, but just just for right now, I just wanted to bring it up in the sense of Cam was cut from the Patriots before this year. Now, Cam is a pretty good quarterback. I mean, people people trash on him. You want to say whatever you want. You know, here's the thing about Cam. He can still throw the ball down the field, and he can still run the ball at a decent level. Now, I'm not going to defend the vaccination shit, the fact that he's not vaccinated and, you know, for whatever reason, because, you know, that sure as hell isn't going to help him get a job in the NFL when if you literally, you know, come into, for anyone who doesn't know, if you're unvaccinated in the NFL, the current protocols, you know, 
they've made it extremely difficult in the NFL for unvaccinated players to be in the league because they basically have to still act like it's last year with COVID. They have to get tested every day. They have to wear masks everywhere. If they even come into contact with somebody who had COVID, they're out, even if they themselves don't have COVID. So, you know, that's a whole piece of it. Um, And, you know, we can whine all we want about whatever, but at the end of the day, the NFL is allowed to make the decision as a private business, and this is the decision that they made. So if you're not okay with that, you can go in and have a conversation about what well, well, what decisions are, should businesses be able to make versus not be able to make. But this is not the podcast for that. I'm not going to go into anything like that on this podcast. But, you know, basically the situation with Cam is he's still a pretty decent QB. He still can throw the ball down the field. He still can run the ball. You know, with the Patriots, he had some really bad performances and some really good performances. And the Patriots roster is, now that we've kind of seen it with Mac Jones and had a little bit more time for it to sink in, we're kind of realizing, you know, it really isn't as good as maybe some people thought it was. Um, Or a lot of people, especially me. Um, You know, they did just you know, win the Super Bowl. Basically, they won Super Bowl 53. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think looking at it now, we can look at that roster and say pretty definitively that a lot of that was, you know, Tom Brady, Edelman, and Bill kind of, you know, having certain understanding, knowing certain things they could do, they were able to execute to a certain degree. Um, The offensive line that year for the Patriots was really, really good. And since then, it hasn't been as good. And that's a huge part of teams in the NFL being good. Um, but since then, it's it's kind of been shown out and been, I guess, proven to a lot of us that the Patriots roster isn't that good. You know, you have the last, you know, the year after the Super Bowl, obviously, Patriots weren't really close. Tom Brady left after that. That's something I'm going to go all the way into um, in... In episode two of the pod, you know, leading up to this October 3rd game where Tom Brady returns to the, to Gillette Stadium to basically take on his old team. And and I I don't want to even go too deep into that right now because that is going to be such an incredible, I mean, just a historic game. No matter what happens, it's an extremely historic game, historic moment in NFL history. And, you know, based on what everyone else said about that, shut off the old audio. Based on what everybody's saying, too, you know, it's... It's insane because there there really is nothing like it. Like, Like, this would be like... If Jordan, when he left the Bulls and went to the Wizards, 
he won a championship with the Wizards and then came back to play the Bulls. Like, that's what this would be like. There's no other just some situation where somebody wins six titles with a team, leaves, wins another title, kind of, and then comes back to play them. Like, it's just, it's nuts. But we're going to go all the way in on that in episode two and just really just lay the ground and kind of remind everybody what happened and what the situation was when Tom Brady left New England, why he left New England and everything that went on there. Um, So if you're interested in that, that's going to be episode two. I mean, but, you know, circling way around back to the Cam situation. The reason why I bring this whole thing up with Cam and why I'm not trying to say I think Cam is incredible. I think it's like an issue that he's not in the league. No, no, it's actually quite the opposite because what I'm the point I'm really trying to make with Cam is Cam can't get on a team. Now, why can't he get on a team? First thing you need to know about Cam is people don't really want Cam as their backup. Now, why? He's kind of an icon. He's kind of a massive presence. If you have Cam as your backup and your, you know, you need to have a starter who is incredibly solid and incredibly talented because you don't want Cam to outshine your starter because then fans and teammates are going to want Cam to start or get a chance to start or something like that. And a lot of teams don't want that. They, they, a lot of teams want to be able to choose the players and have the team just go with it. You don't want somebody that's going to be a backup that's going to create a situation where some of the players feel like maybe he should be starting. So you need to understand that. So teams that have rookies they're trying to try out to see if they're going to be something, they don't want Cam because they don't want the rookie to struggle. And then the team and the fans go, put Cam in. Like, no, they want to let their rookie do their thing, make their evaluation, and then choose where to go from there. So this goes back to the thing I was saying about how there's so many incredible quarterbacks in the league. If you look at every single team in the league, there's basically the reason why Cam can't get a job is he can't be a backup, so he needs a starting job. And every single team in the league either has an established starter who's really good or they have a young guy they're trying to work out and see if he can become the next established guy who's really good, basically. So I'm going to go down the list of the teams right now. So Bills, Josh Allen, solid. He's not leaving. Miami, they have two of their kind of trying to work out. He's injured now. So they have Jacoby Brissett. So maybe the Dolphins are an option for Cam, hypothetically. But even within that, they have Tua. And the Dolphins are also one of these teams that kind of wants Deshaun Watson, or at least this has been reported. So they're kind of a complex situation, but maybe Cam could be on the horizon for the Dolphins. So that's one team, hypothetically, maybe Cam could have a chance for playing for if they determine Tua can't play the rest of the year because you don't want Cam if you have Tua able to play. But if Tua was out for the year, maybe they can sign him just for the rest of the year. You got the Patriots. They have Mac Jones they're working on, and they just got rid of Cam, so they're not taking Cam back. Jets, you got Zach Wilson. He's a rookie. They're working on him. They want to see what he turns into. So no cam. Baltimore, you have Lamar Jackson. Like, this is one of the places where maybe you could say he could kind of fit as a backup. But I think the problem is 
even though Lamar Jackson is totally good enough to keep Cam on the bench, they have two different kind of styles, running styles, in the sense where Lamar is a quick runner, whereas Cam is more of like a a power, you know, if if you wanted to talk about, like, you know, more of a running back sense, you know, these guys are both quarterbacks, they're both great quarterbacks, they throw the ball well, you know, they're kind of, they talk about there's the power back and then, you know, the quick back. Lamar would be the quick runner, Cam is the power runner. So it's it's not an exact fit, but maybe as a backup. Um, the other thing too is Cam has said he doesn't want to be a backup. So let's just say no backup positions are on the board. So only the Dolphins, like maybe, is an opportunity. And that's only an opportunity because there was an injury. We got the Bengals, Joe Burrow, there's no chance. The Browns have Baker Mayfield, they're working on no chance. The Steelers have Big Ben. I think they're just going to let him ride off into the sunset, whatever that entails. So they're not going to bring in Cam. They don't want people to. They don't want people to be chanting for Cam, and then Ben feels horrible. Like no, no. Um, the Texans. They are an absolute. No, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go too deep in on the Texans because, it's, your owner's fault, but. I'm not even going to pretend to understand what they're thinking because they are in a different universe. The Colts, they have Carson Wentz. They're kind of trying to try him out for a year, see if that works. Not looking good so far, but we'll see. The Jags have Trevor Lawrence. The Titans, they have, uh, what's his name? Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. The Broncos, they have Teddy B, who's been playing really well. You know, Kansas City Chiefs, Patty, Patty Mahomes. You got the Raiders. You got Derek Carr, you got the Chargers, Justin Herbert, you got Dallas, you got Dak Prescott, you got the Giants. They're kind of still trying to work on Daniel Jones, another one of those teams where you're not really sure what they're thinking because they continue to make puzzling decisions. You got the Eagles, they're kind of trying to do Jalen Hurts right now. You got the the um, Washington football team, the WFT, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, now they're kind of, you know... They're kind of going with, you know, Taylor Heineke, who, you know, maybe he can be, maybe he can turn out into something. The other thing is Ron Rivera is there. He already worked with Cam, and I think they're kind of done with that. And I don't, I don't think, I think in Ron Rivera's head, I don't think he thinks he can win with Cam, win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think he know, I mean, he knows he can win some regular season games with him, but really. The NFL is about posturing for a Super Bowl. It's far better, and most, I think all fans agree with this, it is far, far better for your team to have an intermittent run where sometimes you're okay and some years you win, maybe win one or two, three Super Bowls versus teams who are kind of good always, but they never get to the Super Bowl. So I think more teams are, more teams, it's more of a question of, well, how can we create a formula that might actually lead us to the mountaintop, lead us to the Super Bowl? So in that sense, I don't think Ron Rivera thinks that he can do that with Cam. Because he already tried, you know, he already did it. And at the time when they made it to the Super Bowl, you know, that was a newish team. When teams are new and they're just kind of coming out of the woodwork, they still have the benefit of, 
nobody focusing on them, nobody trying to steal their free agents, and they can kind of have all this young drafted talent that isn't going to be paid that much and, you know, all those other benefits. So I think it's a no-go for the Washington football team. Chicago, they have Justin Fields, who they're trying to groom into being the next guy. The Lions are trying to see if they can squeeze that last bit of juice out of Jared Goff, which, to be frank, I don't know if that's possible. But but at the same time, Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. Now, he was probably pulled there by the entire rest of the team, but that's definitely a conversation for a different day. We got the Green Bay Packers. They got Aaron Rodgers. We got the Vikings. They got Kirk Cousins, who say what you want about him, still balls out from time to time. Crazily enough, you got Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, Carolina Panthers have Sam Darnold. He's looking way better, looking like the Jets kind of just messed him up and then kicked him out. Saints, they're kind of working with a little Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston combo deal. Then you got the Buccaneers. They of course have Brady. You got. The Cardinals with Kyler Murray, the Rams with Matt Stafford, the 49ers with Jimmy G, Trey Lance combo, and the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. So really, we just went through that whole list. And the only team that maybe even could have been considered, hypothetically, is the Dolphins, because Tua got injured. Because if Tua wasn't injured, there's no chance they're bringing him in. The Washington football team, because Ryan Fitzpatrick got injured. Um, and they're not bringing him in. And then, you know, so I guess, the, you know, we talked a little bit about the Ravens. We talked a little bit about maybe the Eagles, hypothetically. We're not sure what they're doing, maybe, because they have Hurts, but who knows if he's the guy. But but it's still a young guy. Like, if I took all these teams, if I just took out the teams that have a young guy that they're kind of working on to see, like, can this guy turn into the next guy? Which is hard to say, because who even is the guy? Is it Brady? Is it is it Allen? Is it Mahomes? Like, there's so many guys now in the league. Is it is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it's the quarterbacks at the top are better than ever. The quarterbacks at the middle are better than ever. And this kind of shows you, just going through this exercise, shows you why even a guy like Cam Newton, who is a great quarterback. I mean, in in the context of the NFL, he's not one of the best right now. But in the context of the earth, he's he's clearly one of the hundred best quarterbacks alive today. Like, no doubt in my mind. So it's one of those situations where, you know, you would expect a guy like that to be able to get a job in the NFL. And in years past, he 100% would get a job in the NFL. I mean, this dude was the MVP of football for a year. And and yes, he's had a ton of injuries and and he's ha- he's had accurate accuracy issues that he's had accuracy issues that have been inflamed by injuries in addition, which is you know, not always the best sign, but you're kind of in the sort of situation where the league is packed with quarterbacks. And because you have this consistent crop of, like, it seems these past four years, it's like three or four guys a year are coming in with enough skill where you think, hey, this dude could be special one day. I mean, it wasn't too long ago before Josh Allen was, you know, what was he, the fourth or fifth quarterback picked in his draft? You know, like, 
and 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 he came in. It's oh, he has accuracy issues, this and that. I mean, the dude is one of the best QBs in the game right now, if not the best right now. You know, not all time, because you know, I am a Patriots fan. You know, I love Tommy. I love Tommy for all time. Uh, that's another topic I definitely want to get into. Is you know, and I'll, and I'll talk a little bit tomorrow just about. Because I want to really frame this game coming up on Sunday. I mean, that's the thing. That's what this is really all about. That's why I knew I had to start this podcast this week. This is the Tuesday, nope, Wednesday before the Sunday of this this historic game. And no matter what happens, you know, it's just, it's, it is crazy. Because as a fan, as a person who enjoys the history of the game, has enjoyed watching the game, like these historical moments are they they do not come often like people people take for granted you know Tom Brady and what he's done and what he's still doing and I, and I get it because if you don't like him your worst nightmare has been realized because he's been thrown in your face a million times and he's just one and one and one and you know and I could understand why that would be frustrating and why you would want that to kind of end eventually but at the same time too I think you got to take a step back and just understand as a fan, you know, what he's really accomplished and try to appreciate, try to appreciate it. You know, I know it's hard. Um, I know that it is hard to appreciate what someone's doing, especially when it feels like they're hurting you, you know, like, if somebody's murdering me really well with a knife, I'm not going to be like, hey, good job, man. Thanks for the, you know, thanks for getting murdered. But but at the same time, in this context, you know, putting aside that some of this stuff may have happened to the teams that you liked or were rooting for, you got to just respect how much of an absolute unit the guy is. I mean, I don't even know what word to use. He's just, he's crazy. But we, we will definitely... Go into Tom Brady more a little bit of the other time. And and I'll tell you guys right now, I am a Pats fan, but I am not one of these people who's like, I think you, you can't say that. I guess here's the thing. I think Brady is the GOAT and I have all my reasons and, you know, and I'm chief among them, not really chief among them, but one of the big ones is the seven championships. But but if you told me, like, you don't think Brady is the GOAT or whatever, like, I will listen to you. I will listen and have a conversation, have a dialogue. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're an idiot automatically. Like, no, because I really don't think that's what sport's about. Like, my life is not on the line if you go home and you don't think Brady's the GOAT. And I know there's a ton of people that just think he's a cheater, and there's a ton of people that just have, you know, a lot of kind of silly, vindictive reasons why they don't like him. And and I'll certainly brush those off, but I think, you know, I think really just to take a second to go into, you know, take a second just to go into my journey with kind of NFL information and kind of talk about like just a couple of my, couple of my influences and a couple of my, um, you know, people that I really look up to, legends you know, in media, and 
just sort of elaborate a little bit on that, you know, on the on the first episode of the Josh Thoughts Sports Podcast. You know, I want to take a, a quick second just to shout out um, Chris Sims. And I know, you know, he's an extremely divisive character. He is a guy that, first of all, he's a football guy. You need to realize the closeness he's had with the game over the years is it rivals nobody. I mean, he grew up, his father was a quarterback, won two Super Bowls with the New York Giants, Phil Sims. Then Chris goes, plays at Texas, gets drafted into the NFL, plays for the Buccaneers. Kind of, you know, a little bit of a sequence of injuries combined with poor play. Eventually gets him out of the league. Then he worked for a few different teams in the NFL, came out of that, started a podcast. It became very successful. Now he's working at NBC Sports, you know, as an analyst, personality, you know, individual. And the first thing I got to say is pretty much everything this dude says is gospel right off the bat. And I know, you know, a lot of people say, well, he says Tom Brady isn't the GOAT. Well, I don't agree with him on that personally. But it is to the point where I understand and I comprehend. First of all, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. And second of all, we don't have to agree. We don't have to agree. Like, if he says, like, like for him, it's not like he thinks Tom Brady is bad. He thinks that there's somebody else that might be a little bit better if all else was equal. That's kind of what he's trying to say. It's a very different thing. Like, if somebody told me, I think Tom Brady's bad, or he's a fraud or whatever, I'll say, you know, you're an idiot. Not, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just not going to listen to that person. So I might not even tell them they're an idiot. I might just walk away and just think it to myself, you know, but we don't, we don't have time. If we, if all of us wasted all of our time all day, talking to every person who's an idiot and trying to convince every idiot that they're wrong or, or whatever, like you spend your whole day talking to a bunch of idiots, just waste your life. So but if somebody comes to me and they say, yeah, I think Tom Brady might be the second or third best quarterback I've ever seen or or the second or third best football player, I'm going to be like, why? Well, why do you think that? And, and we can have a conversation. And like, honestly, it would be my dream to have that conversation with a Chris Sims or with, you know, with some other people and just. I, I do, I think, as an aspiration for this podcast going forward, I would love to get to the point where I can make more connection with people who are more hands-on involved in the game um, of football. Because I think, you know, Chris Sims, what he does better than anything is he brings a nuance to everything. He He's Mr. Details. It's all about details. He understands scheme. He understands formation, personnel. And he's able to convey that detail to us. So if you're a person who loves football details, I would definitely recommend, you know, listening to his podcast, listening to everything he does. You know, it's one of those things, too, where he's really just trying to give it to you straight with no emotions. And that's also I feel like I've reached a maturation as an NFL fan where I feel that way a lot, too. Like, it's not about like to me watching the game. And, and analyzing the game, it's not a mu- it's not as much for me about like 
I think I'm my team's better than you, and I just want to, you know, I just want us to shit on you every game and fuck your team and blah blah blah. Like, like no, that's not really what I'm how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it from more of a diagnostic perspective of what's happening here. Like, why isn't my team doing good? What does my team need to change to like reach the top? How do we put together that roster? Like. And thinking about it in a more analytical sense, it's really not about like personal emotions of the situation. Like obviously there's certain people we root for and root against as fans, but he'll be the first one to tell you when he has criticisms of players, you know, he will be the first to say, and he says it in the podcast all the time. He says, I don't want to be right. Like if he's criticizing some young new quarterback, whatever, he says, I don't want to be right. I hope they come into the league and become this totally different player and just make me look like an absolute idiot. But he just reports on what he sees. And that kind of, you know, that sort of um, just perspective on the situation I think is something he's gained by being so close to football. He's just a guy who truly has a great understanding of the game. Um, And you can tell that he loves the game. And that's another reason why it's addictive. You know, I love, there's a couple different people, uh, media and other media individuals that I pay attention to. And I think the thing about all of them of why I really enjoy those individuals is because they all have a passion for the game an overt, clear, passion so mike florio from pro football talk just great great legal analytical mind thought process and he's such a miser he's such a you know a determiner of things you know and and maybe i think sometimes you know sometimes i think he is trying to overlay thoughts on top of things that maybe Maybe you weren't built for that foundation of the way he thinks about it, but I still, you, you just can't help but respect everything the guy's done. He's written building pro football talk just from the ground and just, you know, and consistently, you know, you can tell he loves the game. No matter what you think about him, you can tell he loves the game. Chris Sims, you know, Peter King, I love Rich Eisen, you know, and even you look into. You know, it's not that I agree with everything these guys say, but there's other people, you know, I used to kind of be into Colin Coward, but he's one of those guys where it's a little bit more flash in the pan than it is legitimate football knowledge. And to be fair, like, that's fine. Like, but he's straddling a thin line where he's trying to have legitimate football knowledge on the one hand, but at the same time, he wants to appease and ride the wave of fan emotions. You know, like I think a guy to me like Stephen A. Smith, he is a fucking surfer. He rides the wave of fan emotion. Like I don't, I don't view him as a as a analyst from the perspective of he's just going to give you the cold hard truth with no frills. He's like the opposite. He's going to give you all the frills, all the shebang, all the explosion, and just entertainment. But maybe the information, honestly, isn't as, you know, isn't as rock solid. Or that's not really, I don't think that's what he's focusing on. Like, this man is an entertainer. And, you know, I respect the hell out of him for it. And, you know, he doesn't need me to be sitting here saying I like him or whatever either. You know, that's the other thing. Dude's mega rich because he's wicked entertaining. And there's a lot of guys like that, you know. 
But I think, um, you know, for me at this point in my life, at this point in being a fan, I'm trying to get that legit information. Like, I want you to hopefully take the bias out of it. Um, so we'll see. Hello, guys. We are back from that little break. Sorry, that isn't too jarring. Um, I did not know the recording software I'm using only lets me go to an hour. I want to make these podcasts maybe between, you know, again, I talked about this a little bit. This is the first episode, you know, I want this to be a relaxed environment. I hope that if you can, I hope you're sitting down with, you know, maybe a beer, smoke, something, maybe, or if it's the morning, if you're at work or something, maybe you could sip on a little hot tea, a little hot coffee or something. If you can't, if you can't be sipping on anything, enjoying anything, relax anything, then hopefully I can just take your mind off whatever you're doing. Um, but I didn't realize the software only lets me go for about 60 minutes. So I'm going to try to make these podcasts in between kind of 60 minutes and an hour. Um, just so if you guys are listening, you can, you know, dive in, really have time to commit towards something or focus on something else, whatever it might be. Um, so I think because of that, if we're getting towards the 60-minute mark in future episodes um, of the pod, I'm probably going to take a little – I'm just going to kind of lead into it and go, all right, guys, we're going for a little 60-minute break if you need one, you know, 60-minute mark break, as it were, and then um, and then come back to finish it up because I definitely didn't want to just leave it off at, you know, me like slightly – taking the slightest of ever digs at Stephen A. Not that it was really a dig at all. I kind of just, I just was kind of talking about how, for me, I prefer to get more analytical information with sports. I'm not as much on the, you know, entertainment aspect of it. Like the sports is entertaining enough for me in itself. And I have more entertainment talking about, talking realistically about it instead of, you know, to just to go back to Stephen A. for a second, so like he's a person who excels in the art of argument, and it's not the. And when I say the art of it, I mean it's maybe not necessarily about the details. It's about the presentation of the details. And if you talk to him and you watch him on the shows, he does the debate shows. That's really it's kind of like Skip too. He used to do the show with Skip. Now him and Skip are kind of doing the same thing on different networks. They're experts at the art of the conversation. It's almost like the barroom conversation. What can you say in that kind of environment that's going to fly versus not fly? When you get too deep in the details, you know, people like Chris or Chris Sims, more detailed kind of guys, that stuff doesn't really hold up in the barroom for the simple fact that in the bar, you're too fucking drunk. And when it gets too detailed, it's like, yeah, you just go back to whatever, you know. You go back to whatever previous, you know, the kind of default thought was, you know, in whatever conversation. So that's definitely something to, you know, think about is when you get into these certain things, and this is going to be the way for me too, because I'm trying to really take a detailed approach to this. Like I tried to expand on some of the topics I talked about at the beginning. It's like when you look at an NFL team it is a summation of a lot of different things that go into that. It's not, you know, there are individuals who affected a lot, but at the end of the day, 
everybody, every single person on the field matters. And that's one of the, one of the ways the NFL is really special, you know, than, and different than other sports. It's, you know, this is definitely something I'll dive into on a different podcast too. It's just how the NFL is different, how it's more, more militaristic in a lot of ways than I think other sports in the sense of there's a huge tactical component that is massive. And, you know, other sports have tactics and things like that, but a lot of times it's a bit simpler. You know, even in a sport like you could say um, soccer or what would be called international football, like there are tactics, but at the end of the day, it's 11 guys on a field. It's space and then the compression of space. It's you play zone defense, you play man on man defense. You know, it's within the complexity of it. It's not as much, you know, yeah, there's not as, um, not as crazy as some of the stuff that's done in NFL where there's multiple formations. And this, a lot of it's because of the breaking too. Like the breakage between each play means that you can set back up and start over from a, from scratch, you know, and that's, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm rambling a bit now, but I'm just going to wrap this episode one up. And if you're listening, thank you so much for listening and, um, you know, share this with your friends. If you liked it, you know, for whatever reason you want to, at the same time, um, I'm going to be pumping out a ton of episodes in the build up to this October 3rd game, just to really set the whole stage for this freaking historic event that's about to go down. And if, if you're not, you know, if you're not looking forward to this game, I'm certainly going to try to get you excited for it in these next couple podcast episodes, you know, and if you're just listening to pass the time, then, um, you know, whatever's good with you either way. I hope you guys are having a good one out there. When I say guys, I mean, everyone too. my guys and my gals. A lot of times I just say guys. So sorry about that. Just go with the guys as it was. But I hope you guys are having a great one out there. I'm going to sign off for now. This has been the Josh Thoughts Sports Podcast. And um, have a good one out there. I hope to uh, hope to catch you guys soon. Hope to catch you on the rebound, as it were. We're keeping it real relaxed, so we're going to keep that exit, even though I froze up there for a good second. So we have no shame. No shame. I will shit on myself for freezing up, and um, you guys can too if you want to, but <laughs> yeah, I do just want to keep it, keep it a nice, relaxed atmosphere. You know, this is, this is a time where I'm going to be just talking some NFL, talking about this incredible game, how far it's come, and just and talk about all the topics. And as we go forward, too, I will go into some different topics. I have some segments about the NBA saved up. I have some segments about, you know, international soccer, if that's something you're interested in. And um, 
I think for the other sports, I think I'm going to save it up so that I can tell you guys, because this is going to be mostly NFL stuff week to week, a lot of NFL. But if there is going to be topics about other sports, I will put that in the episode title so that you guys know. Um, so you guys know what's going to be in the episodes, just from an upfront perspective. I don't want you to, I don't want to, you know, have anybody captive on here. I don't want you listening to things that you don't care about. If it is something you're interested in, the sport that you're interested in, or whatever the situation you're interested in, you know, I'd love to have you. But at the same time, this is not jail, not trying to keep you guys captive. Um, but I hope everything is going well for you guys. I hope that everything in your lives is going good. And even if things aren't going too well, you got to take time um, to just spend time with your loved ones. Honestly, spend time with your loved ones. Recently, um, I might do this towards the end, might have a little breakdown where I talk about a couple personal things just for a couple minutes, but give a, give a small, quick message. Recently, my, um, my girlfriend's aunt passed away. Very, very sad, very sad. And um, she lived a great life, was loved and had a lot of love. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's just a great reminder for all of us to live our lives you know, to the fullest. If there's somebody that you love, there's somebody that you're thinking about, let them know, do something special for them, do something special with them. Um, and uh, just appreciate life, you know, if you can, if you can. Um, so I'll wrap it up now, and um, I'll catch you guys later. Thanks for listening.